up at six, um, which I have to do for my part-time job. Love that. Um, well, are we officially on the record right now? We're on the record. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't love waking up at six. Um, Would you wake up at six normally if you weren't? No, never. No. Never in a million years. Do you sleep in? I sleep in. How I'm late? Sleep um, I can sleep till 11. Okay. But like probably an average day if I didn't have to get up at six would be 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so torn between like sleeping in and getting up early. Like I yeah. feel like I'll have a week where I wake up at like six thirty or seven and yeah. feel really productive, even though nothing really changes output wise with work. And <laughs> then I'll have feel. a week. Yeah. I just feel like an adult, like right. I've really done something right. Right. And then like, I just, I just started letting my dog sleep in the bed with me. So now Ooh, it's yeah. like sleep in time. So now I've been sleeping in all week and I feel I, like I don't, I love it, but I'm also like, am I fucking up my entire life? By I feel like that in? would be the reverse because she's a puppy. I feel like she'd be like tapping on he, you at 5am. He, please don't miss. Sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Um, so he sleeps in with you. Yeah. Wow. He sleeps in with me. I think now that he, is not in his crate he's less incentivized to like get up early so he just is like down to sleep until nine yeah Yeah. (laughs) sorry bless you wow it's okay um um so so welcome thank you to a new episode of babe i'm your host lara marie shane halls and i'm here today with the one and only alina gonzalez (laughs) aka the hyperbolist yes you said it right some people are like the hyperbolist. No, okay, I yeah. speak English, so I know like <laughs> okay, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> how it's pronounced. Thanks. Yes, yes. Um, I'm really excited to have you on the pod. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I was explaining kind of before we went on air how I like found out about your journey, which was uh, yeah. like through. I'm sure the lots of readers know through all this like <laughs> kind of drama through your previous employer yeah, and yeah. then was alerted. I love anyone that like is babing out on yeah. the gram. And so yeah. I came to you that way, but I've stayed thank you. through it all. And thank now I'm you. just like, I'm here for the ride. Oh my God. Thank you. That means a lot <laughs> to me. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. So what's next? <laughs> I'm, it's my first podcast, you guys. This no, is your I'm first sorry ever podcast. Awkward. No, you're I'm not. easing in. I'm easing in. Yeah, you're doing yeah. good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So wait, you're okay. back in town. You have been okay. on vacation, right? Yeah, yeah. My life is kind of a vacation. You were traveling, yes, to like, res- uh, like- Sardinia. Okay. I was in, I was in Sardinia for three weeks and Paris, and I forgot. I feel like oh, Amsterdam by accident mm-hmm. because Mercury was in retrograde and my travel plans got fucked. Um, and you ended up in Amsterdam as I one ended does. up in Amsterdam, which was okay. amazing. I didn't do any drugs or shrooms, which I feel like I have to go back to do. But um, Amsterdam is amazing. Yeah. What did you do while you were there? Shop. Yeah. <laughs> What's your I- favorite place? What was your favorite place out of all those places that you went? Um, probably Amsterdam, to be honest. Like, okay. It has a different vibe than Sardinia because Sardinia you go to for straight up like vacation. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's rocky beaches beautiful views you want to get a bow and just like lay on the beach but um for city life amsterdam was like so fucking beautiful cool people cool style great food um it's just like my kind of city for stimulation you know like one's for stimulation one's for just chilling just relaxing and like getting a tan getting a fucking tan which i take very seriously 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Did you, are there hot guys in Sardinia? Great fucking question. Um, no, I don't think I noticed a single hot guy. Really? On the entire island. Yeah. Damn. Where were the hottest guys? Um, or the, the hottest, hottest guys people are always in Paris. Okay. The hottest people are, but but it's my style. Like my friend jokes, like I like grease balls. Like I like guys that have like thick hair with like a leather jacket and like I don't know, like high waisted jeans and Converse, and that's Paris. They've mm-hmm. all got sick style. Um, you know, like Amsterdam. I feel like they're. I don't like blonde guys. Okay, yeah, me neither. Paris has a lot of dark-haired men mm-hmm. with like those strong Roman noses and like beautiful jaws. Yeah, that's what I like. Like I like okay. a Greek guy. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd like Paris, they all have that look. Okay, I need to like keep an eye out next time Let's I'm traveling internationally. Yeah, yes. yeah, you do. Yeah, Paris has. Uh, but actually, the hottest guys I've ever seen, I think, are in Portugal. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good yeah. to know. <laughs> Very good to know. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Wait, because I really wanted to go to Sicily uh-huh. because I'm a huge Sopranos head like and Love got it. into it early this year. And then I was like, I need to go to the motherland. The motherland. And yeah. like meet some like Italian guy, uh, Ita- but maybe Italian guys aren't really where it's at. After no, all. they are. Okay, we uh, we oh, we could discuss this for an hour alone. <laughs> um, the thing is, Paris has the prettiest guys, but they're not the guys you actually fucking want to chill with. Mm-hmm. They're elite. They think they're so fucking cool. Like you don't want it. Like Parisian guys are just pretty to fucking look at. Italians yeah. are where it's at. Italians are fun and they're sexual and loving and like free with love Parisian guys are like I don't know they're a little bit like that too but they're smug mm-hmm. Italians aren't smug yeah I don't like smug I need like someone that wants to lol okay that's Italian and like be silly and Greeks yeah Italians and Greeks mm-hmm. yeah okay Mediterranean <laughs> and keeping it Mediterranean yeah yeah, yeah the around. south because yeah. I think that Parisian women are the hottest they are they just do nothing yet yeah. look like how yeah. every American Instagram girl wants, wants to look to look yeah. So that is very sexy to me. It's they're so fucking hot. The women there. Yeah. But the people are really just genuinely not open and friendly. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like it's insular. It's extremely insular. Actually, this is something interesting to talk about. My friend James, who's a Brit um, who moved to Paris seven years ago. Um, so he's, you know, he's like acclimated. He said that, Oh fuck. I feel like I'm going to forget this. Um, that like, um, Parisians are like, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, like <laughs> Parisians are like a coconut. Maybe, maybe I'm reversing it. Something like hard to crack, really, really hard to get in. But then once you get in, it's sweet, delicious, and there's yeah. delicious meat in there. Mm-hmm. And then like Americans are like a peach because on the outside they're like, oh, I'm so friendly, I'm so fun and juicy. But inside they're hardcore pits. Like there's just nothing in there because. He said that 
in Paris, everybody notices that Americans are always like so friendly and being like, yeah, come to my place. Yeah, let's get drinks. And then never actually mean it. Mm-hmm. So they're like a peach because the outside like seems juicy, but there's darkness on the inside. Okay. I love that analogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only time or the times I've been to Paris and when I've been around like French people, I feel very stupid because they're Same. all speaking French and I don't speak French, yeah, though yeah. I understand like some words, but not when you're speaking fast. And so not. then I'm just like, wow, they think I'm an idiot. And like, oh, they're going to act like I don't exist, which I kind of love because it's right. like so over the top mean. And the- if like a foreign person's doing it, it's like, OK, that's it's exciting. almost funny. It's yeah. almost funny how much they hate us as mm-hmm. Americans. Yeah. And I'm exactly the same way. I don't speak French. And also my personality, I was saying this to James, I, I love it because it's like comedy to me. My personality is the polar opposite of Parisians because I'm like hapless and like, oh, sorry, oops, didn't mean to. Like I bump into people. I'm like, oh my God, my bad. And the Parisians just stare at me like I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, yeah, Parisians they're like, who is this My girl? personality, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So wait, when you did you go to Paris recently? Um, yeah. I so feel like you were in Paris. Recently. I go to Paris every summer. Okay, love that. For yeah, you. I go to Paris every summer because I, for me, okay, I like in Paris to my college experience, which is that I hated the people, mm-hmm. but I loved the place. Yeah. So, I where'd you go to college? Dartmouth. Oh, okay. Fucking gorgeous institution, gorgeous place, awful people. Mm-hmm. And so my relationship with Dartmouth is between me and the place, not the people. And that's how it is with Paris. Like the place itself, the architecture, the way it looks, the feel, the sky, the lights, the river. That's my love affair with it. It's not the people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so go, beautiful there. Yeah. I and really want to take Tony there and then Who's, sit at my dog oh and my then God, sit at a cafe just like the two of us staring at each other over like a table of beef tartare. Allow me to come and I'll be your photographer. <laughs> okay. Like I'll just like you can document the whole Great. thing and Great. then I'll start a really annoying style blog. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, pugs in Paris are like a charming sight. You're yeah. onto something there. And well, I know that like I would be, he's my way of getting accepted. Now I've realized yes. like when you have a cute dog and especially like a pug puppy, people yes. will make a lot of exceptions for you that they won't make otherwise. Facts. So Paris, like this is my way to crack the evil your, Parisian coconut people. Yes. It's and your entree to the coconut. They'll open up to me via Tony. They 100% will. Um, I got this dog just to use him and like leverage him for perfect. various things. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you might want to get him over there while he's young because he's going to grow up and nobody likes old old things yeah but they but pugs always have a certain level of charm like if you're a pug lover yeah you're right which i know you are yes i am like they it never gets old um i'm kind of shocked that you didn't like tell me you had a pug like you're like i did tell you i said you did i said yeah when i dm'd you because i'm shocked that you didn't pick up on that because i was like maybe she won't do this podcast or like might right, be offended you were that I was asked, but I was like, <laughs> let me leverage this pug. So I just use him. I love it. <laughs> for um, my own selfish purposes. I'm sorry. I missed that. Yeah. Well then no, it, okay. it shows you that, it, yeah. that I really wanted to do this for this. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't even know a pug was involved. So. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm honored. <laughs> um, there's a lot that I okay. wrote down Great. on the docket today that we could talk about. Obsessed. Um, I feel like we should start with someone I think we're both into, though I'm not as like obviously as you are, but I've seen you comment on her Instagram a lot, yeah. Caroline Calloway. Yeah, that's I've been she's like now 
on like everyone is now getting re-obsessed with her again like it goes through waves it's really interesting to see how people like deal with her i agree but i agree uh i'm dying to talk i could talk about her like all day and Uh, i'm like really into her Uh, whole thing i could talk about her for four and a half hours how did you come to realize who she was and like get into her journey i will gladly tell you okay so my followers began sending me links to articles about her in january i believe it was january it may have been february during her scam yes like her viral scam thing yes okay and I have been meaning to talk about this on my own Instagram page because there were several people who I believe were sending me information about her thinking I'd hate her Mm -hmm. because I talk a lot about privileged white women. Yeah. And I think people thought I was going to hate her. Mm -hmm. And I clicked to the articles and began reading about her and was like, what the fuck is this shit? Why do people hate her? I don't understand where the issue is. It's like people making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm genuinely confused and she reminded me a lot of me yeah and i called my best friend kate and i told her there's this woman that everyone hates on the internet and i think people think i'm supposed to hate her and uh i see myself in her and like i can see a bunch of people doing that about me like i feel like i've walked in her shoes yeah Um, i feel like you guys have similar like trajectories trajectories and like responses that people get Mm. to you because i was doing a little bit of like reddit research recently which is like a spot where both of you are blown up and like shit on i know and it's shot like i know i think reddit is like where all the biggest babes go to just like babe Mm. the fuck out i think you're correct but it's also like it's interesting to see how like yeah. people just light up about certain people on there. And you guys are um, often like now grouped top. into the same thing with like lots of other bloggers I've never heard of yes. and like don't yes. have the time to go figure out who they are. Yes. But that's just really in like interesting to me. Um, the way you said that could not have been more perfect when you said that the two of us get the same response in people like people react to us the same way. People get um, really angry. Very. And like... I'm trying to pinpoint why, why I know that you talk a lot about this and have Mm. like, um, your takes on it and stuff. And obviously you would because you're you and like, right, right. (laughs) Your experience. Exactly. But like, as an outside, like I knew about Caroline back when she was writing, like when she first started and was at Cambridge because we shared the same book agent and he had told me about her And then I went to her Instagram and saw these long captions and I was like, whoa, she's like a total, like she's like babe because of these long captions. But it was also really an interesting way to like tell a story that was kind of new and like not a lot of people were doing it. Correct. And then I kind of just like forgot about her. And then that viral scam happened and I was like kind of tuned back in for just like the spectacle of it all. But then I stuck around and I was like, wait, I actually like love her. I'm obsessed with her. She's reclaiming all and like all the scam narrative and stuff. And then had this whole like she went away on social media and now is back with a vengeance. And I kind of love that. I'm obsessed. Story for her. I couldn't agree more. Um, Because it's like I think part of it. I think is jealousy like my initial it's like who is this like 18 year old that's getting all this attention and she's like writing about seemingly like basic romance whatever and like it's easy 
to be older and like a hater on that kind of stuff. But then I don't know. I felt like inspired by it because I often don't post that much on social media and I'm like very have a lot of anxiety about posting. And my biggest worry is that someone would look at my social media and be like, oh my God, like what is she going through? Uh So then I've erred on the side of Uh just like keeping it really close to the vest. Sure. Not that I necessarily think like I want to be doing that, yeah. but it's like a fear and a fear. Everyone has it. Yeah. And I just like that. She is like, fuck that. Like I'm not doing it anymore. She is braver than me. Like I thought I was vulnerable in the shit that I talk about. And then I see her captions and I'm like, damn. And I love nothing more than being inspired by people younger than me. I think that's cool as fuck. Like when I see a 23 year old braver than me, I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck that's awesome like I you know like I'm 33 and you're and you're more vulnerable than me and like it I because I, I think that a lot of people think that um the way life goes is like you you necessarily somebody older is automatically more wise than somebody younger yeah and obviously we gain more knowledge and like strength and insight with more experience but there are some people that I don't know for due to their life experience, they just have the wisdom of like a 50 year old at age like 20. And so I, I always think it's awesome when, I, when my role models aren't necessarily all older than me, but are younger than me. I'm like, do your thing, bad bitch. Like I fucking love seeing a 27 year old be so brave. And I mean, I have so much to say about why I think she has such a polarizing reaction um, in people. But I think I think that like a lot of it has to do with women getting money in non-traditional ways and in, in, in the same way that people have issues with like sex work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like people just cannot handle the fact that fans actually want to pay $165 to come hang out with her and like put flowers in mason jars and like eat salad. Like I think so many people feel fury and rage that someone has the capacity to make money that way. They're like, wait, I'm sitting in an office and Caroline Calloway gets $165 a head for people to come hang out in her apartment for a creativity workshop. And I just want to be like, bitch, host a creativity workshop. Like, yeah. fucking do it. Charge 200 and see if a single soul wants to pay that. Mm-hmm. I think people are mad at her that people want to pay that. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, sorry that you're not compelling enough to have people pay 165 to come meet you. I just, I have so much to say about it. Yeah. It's like almost like a, who do you think you are kind oh, of yeah. reaction. Oh, but then yeah. also that's in the same breath. It's like, okay, well, who do you think you are then? Um, someone who clearly, uh, people are willing to pay 165 to come see. I yeah. mean, who does she think she is? Uh, they paid it. Yeah. Right. The, she, she posted the thing she dared to post it. And, it filled up with people willing to pay it. And I think the whole scam thing is a fucking farce. I can't believe that's the least of our worries when it comes to scamming Thank is you. like Caroline Calloway and her Mason jars. <laughs> like, Thank you. No, what? Uh, like right. we have way bigger fish to fry. Give me the fact that it's still become like, right. and like still a thing that people are so invested in, like taking her down is Dude. wild. Like the vice person Dude. that bought the ticket. Off How about of, like, the U S the- government? How yeah. about you focus on the scam? That's the U S government like are you fucking kidding me this bitch hosts a creativity workshop and people people they're so mad that she didn't book a venue like i i read the refinery 29 comments on this article she wrote and everyone's just like like she posted the eventbrite listing for the event before she booked a venue and i'm just like 
And who gives a fuck what she did? Yeah, I, I think can't. she was probably managing it a lot of it herself. She was. And it seemed like honest mistakes that you would make if you're trying to Dude. do something that's like big, but you just don't know what you're doing. Dude, I love you for saying that. When I said that, I read the articles about her and called my friend and said, I can see people saying this about me. I think I'll tell you why. I think people have an issue with just giving people the benefit of the doubt that they don't have bad intentions. And and the reason I said that is because I often do things like that aren't even that are a fraction of as large as the event that Caroline was trying to host. Mm -hmm. And I find myself in over my head and I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I don't have an assistant. Um, I don't have a boyfriend. I live alone. Everything I'm doing is by myself. I'm also working part time to be able to pay my rent and my bills. I have a dog, like all this shit. And I'll host an Instagram sale of clothing because I need money. Yeah. And like, I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to do this, whatever. And then I'll make like a hundred sales. And then the next day I'm like, uh, the time it's going to take to package all this ship, shit it, sorry, ship it, all this <laughs> shit, shit it out, shit it out. I end up going days without shipping it because I know also that my followers don't expect me to be as, as well oiled and run of a business as an actual business. They yeah. know I'm just a person, but I'm like, shit, if people were holding me to the same standards as Caroline, I'm a scammer because they're like, they bought a painting from her and it's been 17 days and she hasn't shipped it. I'm like, I've done that with shit that people have bought from me. I know I'm like currently doing that right now with someone that like got some stickers from me. So if you're listening, I'm really sorry. And they're going to come soon. (laughs) But I worry. I think when you are running it all by yourself and obviously she has a way bigger audience than either of us have. So it's like more under a microscope in that way. I think also people get mad at like, her like romantic wistful lifestyle oh they do that she's like just like putting flowers in her hair and like oh they're being like a messy witch in her west village apartment a fairy she it literally is a fucking fairy she like puts orchids in her hair and everybody's like oh you think you're such an artist because you stick an orchid in your hair and you're like are you mad like do you want to stick an orchid in your hair do it i can't (laughs) i just hate people i really fucking do they're so mad that she's ethereal and fairy like they're so mad at her they're so mad dude i'm just like really i'm intrigued by i guess women that the internet gets really mad at okay and Uh, that's like girl yeah that's why i'm having you on this that's why i'm i'm just trying to get to the bottom of like why people are so mad at certain women it is because they will not apologize or accommodate themselves for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Lena Dunham as well. I know she's real problematic. People are, yeah, that's another one that's like, people get so fucking mad. They and I hate her. I get it on one level. Like, yeah. I think that something she does are really annoying and rub me the wrong sure. way. But overall, that's another person that I'm kind of coming around to the other side where uh-huh. I'm just like... Who cares Dude, at the end of the day? It's kind of cool what she's managed to do and like carve out a huge space for herself. She's brilliant. The writing on girls. Yeah. She's talented as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> she's like really she she reminds me of me as well because because I see in myself um, you know, people that are hated and polarizing. And it's like she wrote her fucking autobiography and said some shit about like 
uh, I don't even know, like touching her younger the rocks sisters. in her sister's vagina that really upset a oh, lot of people. And they, I remember reading that and being like, "That's weird," but like, ultimately, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure her sister okayed her yeah, to write about that. That's correct. I'm sure she and her sister have spoken about that. And if it was like a problem, yeah. they discussed it and yeah. moved forward. It seems like they're yeah. extremely close. Yep, and like. Her sister gave the blessing and it maybe is a funny thing between them. So it's Dude, not for anyone else to say like, it never you're is. a child molester, like blah, 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 They'll blah. They'll never let it go. On Lena Dunham's social media, on every post, there will be 500 people who are like, oh, you think we expect you to just forget that you're a child molester? Like people will not let people let go of things. No matter what Caroline does, people are going to comment in three years and be like, I haven't forgotten that you're a scammer. Like people just, I don't know, have no life. Yeah. Have no fucking life. It's really wild to me it's, how much she just like riles people up. She riles people up. And I will say something else about this. Yeah. Um, Go I. Off. Okay. No one knows me unless they know me. Right. But um, I, I actually do think that a certain result of a certain type of childhood is a person that is genuine and authentic in a way that most of the world um, and especially those who haven't had a certain type of dysfunctional childhood never believe is authentic, but actually is deeply authentic and Mm -hmm. they mistrust it because they're so used to actual inauthenticity that they misread authenticity as being inauthenticity. Like they have it all reversed. Bear with me one second. Okay. I'm keeping up. I'm like, I'm literally the woman with the like math (laughs) meme. But then I'm getting. I love that. That's my favorite meme. That's one of my favorite fucking memes. I use it all the time. Um, But it's like, you know, I I had a job at a Nina Bing and um, I was myself at that job. And myself is like reminds me of Caroline. Mm -hmm. Extremely open, extremely vulnerable, like so nice, so friendly, so willing to help anyone. And people literally don't believe that it's real. Mm -hmm. They think that you have something that you're gunning for. They think that you're manipulating them. And I'm like, no, I literally just am a nice and happy person Mm -hmm. and people don't buy it. Um, like I, I think that because there's so many people with like trust issues and they're so used to a world that manipulates so much that they just think it's manipulation, but it's not. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, I had this amazing friend at that job, Katya, shout out Katya. What's up? And she's an artist and she's incredible. And she had a similar type of childhood and she works for Yeezy, which makes sense because like we love that. I'm like, give her like, please connect us. Oh, (laughs) Yeezys are my truest, like, crutch in this world i have four pairs i buy them like uh set on like stock x as you should and i've been like actually weirdly building my credit because i'll buy them and do like affirm payments which have helped my credit so i've I've wanted to do affirm for a while (laughs) oh my My god do my credit's too bad to get approved i can't you can't even get affirm credit approved because my credit was bad (laughs) my credit was not good and now it's like good and i'm like this is because i've just bought yeezys through affirm and like pay it off in time it's a really it's a wild way to build the credit but i highly recommend it i'm obsessed with that i'm gonna look into a firm (laughs) the minute we're done recording this podcast um but so kati is amazing and of course like she left anina bing to go she worked for yeezy before then went to anina and then went back to yeezy but anyways she was always being like 
I love seeing, she understood me, you know, she really got me and she was always like, I love seeing the way that women react to you because like, they just look at you like they literally don't know if they're being pranked or not because they just like don't believe that you're that nice. And I know that that sounds a certain way to people who like want to judge, but it's true. And it's like, I see that in Caroline that like, I think people think she's just like fake and a, they just have it twisted. Like mm-hmm. I, I see in her, like I see in her a lot of me, like open and trusting and like meets people and then is at their chateau in Italy a day later because people because she is so nice and open that people then open their life to her so she's always just kind of flitting around from this place to that place and having adventures and experiences and love affairs and that reminds me of me and people just don't get people like that they think that you're like I don't know they just think that you're faking it and you're not but but I guess they some people just can't ever believe that unless they fix their own trust issues or unless they get to know someone like you. But I don't think there are that many people like us. And I think that's why people are so surprised by us. Yeah. Well, that there's an interesting point because I feel like there's another woman like Kat Marnell is very yes. much that way where she's like yes. lived a life. Yeah. But is she's less, hated. less hated and less polarizing, much less polarizing. But I think authentic and a very yes. different way. Yes. But but similar way, if that makes sense. And I don't know uh, if it's like because she has like drug problems that seems cool or yes. because it's like she I don't know what. Dude, yeah, I dude, don't know what dude. makes her so different. Dude, you're getting at something that I think about a lot. And what that is, is, you know, how you said you're very interested in the women that people love to hate. Yeah. Like, OK, me, Caroline, Lena Dunham. I'm very interested in the ones that don't engender hate like Kat Marnell and Gia Tolentino. I know you saw the book right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw the, you have her book on your desk. Um, there's a certain type of woman that everybody loves to defend. Like they're like, you're no Gia. Like they come to Caroline's and they're like, you'll never be a Kat Marnell. And it's like, what is it about those women that doesn't scare people? Yeah. Because me and Caroline scare people and I I haven't identified it yet, but yeah. that's something I think about. I don't have a conclusion on it yet, but I'm very interested in the women that like haters and trolls will come to tell women like me and Caroline, like keep dreaming. You'll never be a Gia Tolentino. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't want to be, but also like, why, do, why do people love them? Yeah. I don't know. They're less controversial. I don't know why, but also, well, I don't know about less controversial, but it's just like there's not less polarizing. Less maybe. polarizing. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's int- I'm intrigued too. Readers, if you have any theories, yes. get in touch. Babepodcast at gmail.com. I, I do think it has something like, like I don't know, like there's something. Uh, I don't, they just strike less nerves. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about because I haven't I've yet to read Gia's book, but I, and I've read like a lot of her articles and stuff. So I can't speak to like this maybe being her vibe. But uh-huh. like, I think maybe putting all your like darkness out there. Yeah. Makes people hate you. No, makes people just like like you like you or it's like you there's something about Kat where it's like she was able to achieve so much at like a relatively young age, but then she like fucked up a lot of it yeah. because she was so fucked up. And it's almost like yeah. she doesn't necessarily have the bravado of someone like you who's mm-hmm. like, I'm fucking great. I love myself, <laughs> like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I feel like people that can like make people yeah. 
hate other people when you have a really yes. high opinion of yourself and yes. you're like not afraid to say that kind of thing or yes. just like be like out and proud yes. about your own self-love. Well, I think that that's very true. And I think it's interesting because um, Caroline talks about her Adderall addiction and yet that's not good enough for people because they're like, oh, like rich white girl problem. Like you were addicted to Adderall, big whoop. Like that's like a basic addiction. Like no one gives a shit. They write that off. Um, and with me. And are also still being like she's high on Adderall still. Which, which they do with me too. They think I, they think I take Adderall. Mm-hmm. They think I take Coke. I mean, it's a, what are we even talking? Who cares what a fucking delusional ass hater thinks? Like they don't even fucking know us. Like, but, but yes, people think that. I do drugs and I've never even talked about like having drugs. So they're not even referring to like a past addiction and being like, she's not over it. It's like, I've literally just never had an addiction to anything besides maybe shopping, yeah, which I talk about, but no one gives a shit about a shopping addiction. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I, yeah, you know what I mean? There's nothing. They want to blame it on something. They want like find a reason find why a reason. this person is so yes. crazy but yes. maybe it's just you're fucking crazy and it that's is. it exactly and you don't really care i don't give a flying fuck yeah i mean the thing is of course that's bravado because i like i i i'm capable of having my feelings hurt that yeah that's the great i think that that's what my trolls know about me that makes them mad that they're like you keep fronting that you don't care but you do and it's like i, I always try to distinguish between not- because you do react to people's comments yeah they bother and like, me <laughs> yeah but so on that level it is like you could one could argue yeah. that you do care for sure yeah um i always distinguish between caring enough to do something differently and just mm-hmm. caring right like of course like i'm not a robot so someone being like fucking ugly slut is gonna like fuck with my head a little yeah. bit when i get it um but but <laughs> i cannot imagine someone dude, saying that to me dude i've had some so much fucked up shit said to me yeah it's crazy it's crazy you really do try to find the comedy in mm-hmm. it right? yeah i mean that is like so over the top <laughs> that it becomes funny yeah. but like someone called me a cum dumpster once yeah that's cool <laughs> i know i'm like yeah i am <laughs> not anymore now i'm in a phase of not wanting men to come inside me but yeah Anyways. that's fair yeah. too <laughs> exactly. they can they have so many other places to come so they could literally come anywhere else yeah <laughs> exactly. like they have a 99 percent free reign to come wherever just not inside you exactly <laughs> exactly i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Wait, speaking of coming inside, that is a really <laughs> actually terrible transition because I saw online today yeah. that there is a Me Too rape kit that's now available for um, sale. Right, which, so capitalizing off Me Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like... Yeah, what's new? It's a true capitalist moment yeah. that's like... That's gross. Can only serve to make money somehow. Of course. Um, well, that's why... 
uh, my instincts didn't like me too from the minute it began. I hate people saying shit that's obvious. It's like, of course, good things have come out of it. No doubt. Yeah. Um, but I'm suspect of something that tons of white women all do at once. Like me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I think it gave me like a warm, fuzzy feeling at first mm. because it was like women. Yeah. It's women are just being like, the acknowledgement that like yeah. we have had a similar experience and so many women have had a ser- like a similar experience that it's like okay I'm not yeah. alone which I think is a really important thing to feel For especially sure. if you struggle with any like depression or post traumatic stress disorder after Fact. a sexual assault or sexual harassment or whatever yes not feeling alone well I'll say something controversial <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> I mean I just never liked the performative aspect of it that's like that's like a woman like okay i'm gonna get you so in trouble for saying this shit. i already Um, feel it happening (laughs) (laughs) um no but it's like i'm not saying that any of it has ever been okay that women just have to put up with the shit we have to put up with but like i didn't like how extreme people started to be like one time like like i'm gonna share my me too story and then it's like on october 3rd 2009 a male barista like looked at my ass it's like okay welcome to the world like we get it like yeah. i don't know like uh, there's there's levels of abuse and assault but it's like there were women who were clearly using it for attention i'm sure there's like attention aspects yeah. to it but it's also creates i think even the like you're so diplomatic i am diplomatic because this you, is like yeah, an intense conversation to have but i'm open to having it no 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 I mean, but it's like it just is becoming like more divisive than it is unifying i actually couldn't agree more with that and um you are you are so right in that it's a dangerous conversation which like welcome to what i do best is like create controversial conversations (laughs) exactly piss people off piss people off um but it's like it's a dangerous conversation to get into saying um what's bad enough to be upset about right yeah. like oh that's no big deal that's personal because it's some, personal so and so may not like it if someone like you're looked right. at their ass or like yeah, right. made a comment about their tits but some other women might be Don't like i shit. fucking love that and i want that attention that's and it's like, like that meme that says that meme or whatever quote that's like i don't know nudity empowers some and i don't know modesty empowers others like obviously it's just up to the person it's a personal thing because other people would see a story like this and not think it's performative but like i just think that there's a performative aspect like performative in a bad way aka performing to garner sympathy so not because you have a genuine desire to share your truth and like i don't know get it off your chest but to share so that people are like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like it's a personal judgment call on who's going to think that, but like, I'm going to give you a quick little example. Okay. A quick little example. I was in Paris last summer and I took a bodysuit of mine, um, that like it it snapped at the crotch Mm -hmm. and one of the snaps broke and I took it to a fucking like dry cleaner, um, alteration place to fix the snaps. And there was a creepy old man there who was like, into me he was literally 90 years old yeah legit hunchback like practically blind like spotted hands like bald head like an old man like obviously (laughs) grew up in a different era and he was so fucking creepy and inappropriate and like 
took the bodysuit and smelled the crotch wow. and like gave me a wink and I was like <laughs> oh my god and like left the store and was like Jesus fucking Christ obviously not everyone has to react to experiences the same way but I'm like what am I gonna fucking do get on Instagram and be like hashtag me too today at an alteration store in Paris a man smelled the crotch it's like I just think people are taking it personally I'm just like there's certain shit that yeah for your you for you you're like that's fucking gross and, and weird and weird and but like, like it doesn't yeah it's not like a trauma yes yes well said but then also it's like I don't know. Maybe some people do need that kind of like sympathy. Yeah. Maybe they do need someone to say like, I really see you right now. I'm so sorry that that happened yeah. to you. And that does make them feel better about the whole thing. Or that's like what they wanted to hear in the first place. Well, I mean, certainly because then we get into like pathologies and actual narcissism. And like at the end of the day, somebody who needs to do something for like, sympathy likes claps snaps all of that stuff mm-hmm. um yeah all all like ner- like i mean isn't everyone kind of doing that on social media anyways like to get they're doing they're yeah. saying all sorts of shit or being who yeah. they project themselves sure. to be on a platform to get engagement of some sort yeah no th- there is the argument that the entire concept of social media no matter what you're doing is to be validated mm-hmm. um and like it's human to want to be validated um so yeah i mean pe- even people who do things to be told how great they are well they're suffering from the fact that their needs weren't met in childhood and you know their mom didn't tell them how great they were and now for the rest of their life they need to be told like tap dancing tap and dancing getting applause and being like you're great you're great and yeah like i guess that's that's their journey <laughs> that's yeah. their journey i think yeah, I mean, I just have a, um, like, 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 I know certain people who are clinical narcissists and do everything for attention. So mm-hmm. then when I see their me to, to stories, I'm like, classic, you know, yeah. like, it's really just it's you're not genuine. Like, it's just about you. Uh, they want that moment of everyone being like, so brave, so vulnerable. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't know that there's just an aspect to that that I don't like. But, you know, I agree that I think overall it's been good to have a little bit of the t- a little bit of the tide turned um and yeah have men. though it's like i don't feel like it super has all that much right. like <laughs> right. i like don't a feel fraction. A like fraction. yeah i don't feel like safer <laughs> I in, know, at either. night like no. walking my dog no, alone because like me too has happened no all it's done is make men have a reason to be like God, women were really baring their teeth these days. It's just made men more the victims. There's there's all these men, all these white men I know who are like, like you, there's this guy, actually, he's a narcissist, no surprise there, but um, <laughs> he worked at like, I don't know, CBS. He was like a friend of a friend from, from childhood. And anyways, he, he was like dead fucking serious. And he's like, you should have seen like the, the like CBS cafeteria after Me Too, like, it was staggering, man. Like men were afraid to even sit with women. And I'm like, Oh, poor men. Give me a fucking break. Like sounds like, rough. Maybe that has less to do with me too. And more about like less moon being your like fucking CEO. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And did you watch the Harvey Weinstein documentary that came oh, out? Oh my God. I didn't even know there was one. You know what I am always interested in with stuff like this is their kids. Um, like Harvey Weinstein's uh-huh. kids. Yeah. Like yeah. how on earth do you go forward 
in the relationship you have with your biological father when he is Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. I think about this a lot with, I forget her name, but there is a daughter of Roman Polanski and I like her. I follow her on social media and she seems really cute. And Mm -hmm. it's like, um, not people will be like, Oh, you're, you're, you're like empathizing with a child molester or whatever. But it's like, she's just a girl who can't help who she was born to and obviously loves her father. Yeah. And then it's like strangers will comment on her social media. Like sh- it's like father's day, you know, and she'll post a picture with Roman Polanski and strangers. That's what I said about people not letting shit go. It's been mm-hmm. 30 years and strangers will be like, um, your dad's disgusting child molester. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like, do you think that's helping? Like, it's her dad. What do you want her to do about it? Yeah, you know? it's not her fault. What would you do? Like, okay, your dad is is fucking what's his name Weinstein, <laughs> and like, what you know, you you never speak to him again. I don't know. I'm interested in shit like that. Yeah, I don't know how you like separate. Yeah, your dad from like what everyone what everyone is, or from his own actions as like actions. a predator. As, yeah, and like I don't know if you in Ooh, that, that situation. It's hard to do because obviously his actions are now affecting your relationship and he's not thinking Ugh. of you like his right. family when, when he does he this that. kind of stuff. And there so was a point true. in the doc where some a woman is like so Harvey had like I think raped one of the oh assistants and this woman who was Bob's assistant at the time was like, I think talking to him about it. And he was like, I swear on my like family and my kids. And she's like, that's when I knew he was lying when he said (gasps) that, because it was like, and I've always thought that people that swear on their family, like that's a telltale Mm, sign that they're lying. Like I'm always like lies. Cause that happens on Vanderpump rules a lot. And then I'm like, you know, you're Vanderpump people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But it's just like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That would be a really interesting book for, one of those girls to write i couldn't agree a daughter more. or son to write i i just have empathy for them i really do i can't imagine especially because i love my dad a lot mm-hmm. and i have a really strong relationship with him and i really think about th- those daughters like obviously of course the victims too but for whatever reason i i, I find that a fascinating aspect of of situations like this like the fallout of of the familial relationship right mm-hmm. like um like the plant, like you were talking about, they weren't thinking about that stuff when um, they were doing it. And it's like, you know, the Polanski, he did it 30 years before he had this daughter. Yeah. So like Weinstein was doing it with live children at home, with right? Like five year old, like small children, small children and then like an adult daughter. Right. Right. Which is like, but it's hello. also like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Right. But obviously, I mean, I think when you're in the moment or like trying, like, a lot of things you're not thinking about when you're trying to like fuck. So uh, that's quite right. Yeah. And I think he has an illness. I mean, I'm not excusing it, but I'm saying like, like pedophiles or something. Like, I think there's something like a pa- compulsion, like a compulsion, something pathological in his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And also like, like a mental illness a around mental illness. thinking like, yeah, that everything. I think he said like uh, everything that I've done with anyone has always been consensual. So he views it as Delusional. being like, yeah. Yeah. So, so total delusion. And it's like, no, I feel like people saying no and like crying yeah. right, when you're right. like going down on them is like oh, not the sign so that gross. you like want. Yeah. No, that's disturbing. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. He just, I mean, you know, I was thinking as I was driving home the other day, <laughs> 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 that just got really weird. I was thinking about that classic phrase that everyone says, abusive power comes as no surprise. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
sometimes I hate little cliches like that because they're so stupid and I'm just like cool like thanks like what the cool you know revolutionary thought but like that one turns over in my head again and again because I'm like abusive power comes as no surprise and I'm like it really doesn't because power is so corrupting that the abuse of it is no surprise you know like he had so much fucking power and money and access to all these beautiful young girls clamoring for their dream careers and it's just like he just went like off the deep end with with madness you yeah. know with with like took advantage of took it. advantage for of course yeah mm-hmm. Selma Hayek's article in the Times. so I like I said I haven't seen that documentary but that that article really hit me yeah did that you was, read that one yeah, yeah that was heavy that was she's a, a good writer I mean that was really she she did a really good job I think of saying because that's how it always is right nobody is pure evil I don't think I don't think I don't mm-hmm. know but it's like she she talked about how like there were times that he could he could just light up a room and make you laugh and you know be a funny down to earth person and then there's that like predator side of him yeah I don't know it's very like it's never I mean with him it feels pretty black and white at this point it's like yeah. you're a fucking like, like predator and yeah. like a psycho you deserve yeah. to pretty much rot in jail for the rest for sure. of your life but in a lot of other situations. Yeah. It's it can be more nuanced. Oh, I mean, even even the fucking Ted Bundy shit. I mean, did you see the film they did on Netflix with Zac Efron and Lily Collins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a film, so it's fucking fictional. But it's like, it, you know, he was mur- fucking murdering bodies. And yet at home making his wife laugh as he spins the baby around. Yeah. I mean, people's dimensions are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I don't know. I think about that all the time. Manson, Bundy, just people that like did the most sinister fucked up shit. But then like there were those that loved them. Did you watch? Do you watch Mindhunter? No. Ugh, that's I'm like obsessed with the show on Netflix, but they have it's in season two now. And mm. there's it's these two FBI agents that are discovering like what it means to be a serial killer and like classifying Ooh. what serial killers are in the 60s. Ooh. So they interview all these serial killers and they're kind of like pro putting together profiles to like make connections on all these murders and crimes that are happening. Oh my God. So in season two, they interview Charles Manson. Oh my God. And I was kind of like, Oh my God, is this show about to jump the shark? Because right, it's like, right. we're really like overwhelmed with like Manson right. content right now. I'm not, I'm not, but it was amazing. And this actor, I don't know who Ooh. they had play him, but he was like really charming and like Ooh, engaging yeah, and yeah, just like yeah sure of himself yeah. and obviously he's crazy but i was like that wait shit. i get it like of why course. people are just like oh my god i'm like fascinated Dude. with this person okay i have two things i want to remember to say did you even fucking know that he was like five feet yeah they say he, I, they're like watch out for him he's like a lot shorter than you think he is don't stare I'm like, and he's like teeny, like a little a pocket baby friend. man, yeah. a pocket friend. I'm like, how the fuck were these like, they were crazy, but these like hot, like free love bitches in the sixties, even into him. He's like a little Napoleon dude. Yeah. Talk about a Napoleon complex, like deranged with like inferiority mm-hmm. um, that takes him as far as he did. But like, I, oh, wow. and the ability to like, yeah 
they talk a lot about it in the show, but it's like the ability to manipulate these seemingly like educated yeah. young people, upper middle class women. Yeah, yeah. From like decent family backgrounds yeah. and convincing them to oh. like murder, brutally murder people. And then you kind of watch it and you're like, Oh, I like, right. I understand. Right. I mean, and I'm like, is he right about some of this stuff? And you're like, Wait, am I crazy? I know what you mean. No, no, but dude, I'm I know also what you like mean. someone that I'm like super susceptible to that kind of, like, I feel oh, like I would same. absolutely join a cult. That's hilarious. If it was like, presented to me yeah, back then just in the right way yeah. yeah well like i would be a source family girl like nothing mm, like too for creepy sure. for sure yeah. yeah yeah the summer of 69 is the year and time in america of which i'm most interested yeah i think it i think it was just the, like wow what a t- what a time in our country i mean i think that there were just a lot of girls like leslie van houten those girls who just i don't know they wanted something just out there they just wanted they wanted to feel alive they wanted some kind of stimulation they were so bored of their upper middle class upbringing yeah well i think it's it's interesting too because i read um a book recently by this woman that got in with the grateful dead and like toured with them for a lot of the like late 60s and early 70s yeah and in her book she was like by 1969 like this scene was done like everyone like it really peaked like 67 and then became like this global sensation or like an american sensation so everyone is like flocking out but by that time it had peaked and it was like Mm. just kind of dark there's lots of like homeless teens yeah and like people searching for this dream or like promised land that's not actually available to them anymore and like, like that's more it, being like commodified. Oh, of course, just like me too. It's yeah, like just everything like that much out, like the Me Too yeah. rape kit. It's like <laughs> it turns, but it turns out to be like yeah. just like a gross yeah. way to like yeah. sell people something. Yeah, that's so. Oh, what a beautiful way of saying that. That's kind of depressing. That's like how like every, everything that you read and it's like yeah. everything you read about now or think like this sounds cool yeah. it's like by the time you're reading about it it's already kind of yeah. like over it's evolved into something else like Holy shit. it's almost right. like the only good things that are happening are in the moment god that's so true that's beautifully said i'm also low-key staring at your bookshelf and you have every book that i've ever loved in my life so oh i'm falling god. more in love with you by the minute what are your favorite um, books okay so um first, i full disclosure have not read most of these books oh, but okay, fabulous well um there is hollywood's eve and eve babbitts is my favorite person to ever live oh love her yeah um and then there's revolutionary road which changed my fucking life um, that movie is incredible. Oh my god, that movie! Fuck. And there's um, Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Oh yeah, that one is. I've read that one. It's fucking brutal. Br- yep, brutal. Yep. And um and uh the wait hold on there was another one that I saw Gypsy as well as Cherry by Mary Carr. Oh yeah, Cherry. That's on my list because I'm like working on a book proposal right now. So I'm trying to read like a lot of memoirs and get the Mm. sense of them so that I can write my own fucking memoir. Oh my God, that's fabulous. Um, Let's do some reader mail. Great. Oh my God. I'm afraid Should we take questions? Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm, Admitting my insecurity and vulnerability, which clearly you're capable of handing, handling because you 
intentionally desire to speak to controversial people mm-hmm. but i'm like don't be surprised if you get trolled by people being like don't give this vile woman a platform to spew her hate no i already like okay. realized that i was gonna okay, get good. some of that and okay. it's like fine okay great because you. you know what okay. this is one week and then next great. week there will be a whole new podcast amen. and the week after that will be a whole new podcast amen. so it's yes. just one week of your just life if you week. don't if you're not into it you amen. can skip it As and then we always come free back will. for more yep exactly okay We'll go through some of these, Great. and if they get trolly, we'll skip okay. them. If they get trolly, don't but read I them. Feel I, like, I have so okay, much yeah, anxiety. Yeah, yeah. No, I like, it's okay. That shit like fucks me up. Truly honest question for the hyperbolist. For the oh, hyperbolist, oh, what is her definition of constructive criticism and genuine inquiry versus internet trolling? Um, there is no such thing as giving constructive criticism to a stranger. Okay, that's the end of the story. All these people always want to hide behind. Well, you got to take constructive. Cri- I don't know you, so no, I don't. Yeah. Don't ever fucking say a goddamn thing to a stranger. Unless period. you've asked for constructive Unless criticism. Unless a person has said, you've opened the forum to say, yes. "Give me feedback on X, Y, Z." Period. Yeah. Unless. Unless a person has indicated that they desire to hear your opinion, mm-hmm. it is inappropriate to give it. I love that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. On your old blog, you talked about finances, mm. saving, getting out of debt a lot. Yeah. Curious when and how sure. that changed what you what you valued with that. Um, with money and getting out of debt. I, I don't know about yeah, your money con- and getting out of debt journey, but I'm always down yeah. to talk about that because I've had a similar like yeah. tri- like trials and tribulations when it comes to debt. And, oh, like, for sure. I love that you were chill and open about your credit score being low. And like, yeah, I don't even try It was anymore. very low. And now me, I'm like, it's good. Well, one, go. I feel like the Equifax one is good because they're just trying to get points for the data <laughs> breach. But the other one, like the Transferian right. or whatever it's called, Trans- is like Union. still not as good like it yeah. needs work yeah so i'm like why aren't these matching up right what right. how many more yeezys do i have to buy right, i exactly. will rise to the challenge oh <laughs> uh, you know what we can do i'll venmo you money for some yeezys and you can buy some so that you get more credit oh points. great i yeah, love yeah, yeah. that that's a um, good plan well I, I have to say i'm not really sure wh- i'm not sure the meaning of their question because they're saying like you talked about debt what change i don't know what they mean like do you, like uh Nothing changed. You're still like out of debt or Oh no, I'm not out of debt. No, 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 no. Did you get into like credit card debt? So I all right, you know what? I'll be real honest here. I have nothing to hide. I don't care. Um I the last amount of debt I got into was maxing out a credit card at twenty thousand dollars. Damn. Yeah, twenty thousand. Um and that was like four years ago, literally though, and I just stopped paying on it and that's it. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. I stopped paying. They try to call me. I don't pick up the phone. Yeah. I literally like like people will call me from a new number and I'll decline immediately and then they'll send a text and I'll be like, hey, it's like you know, Susan, I want to, I'm like, oh, sorry, didn't pick up, thought you were a debt collector. Like, I just don't answer the phone. Like, yeah. um, I'll repair my credit one day. Um, but did the card get canceled? No. Well, I guess it got canceled. It eventually, it hit the max. And then what happened? Then they, you stop paying. So then they're like, okay, it's two months late. It's three months late. It's four months late. Uh, we're going to have to like punish you if you don't. But the thing is with credit card debt, this, it's like, Literally, they can't do anything. Like, yeah. nobody can show up at your house. Nobody can fucking arrest you. They can't, like, take your iPhone away. Like, yeah. Like, what are the, I'm nothing. always like, 
because I was Nothing. in some credit card debt like about five or six years ago. But yeah. I was like, what are you going to do? Like they, take dude, my iPad dude. mini? Like, <laughs> no, like they good can't luck do- to you good. and your journey. I'm like, my car, <laughs> like by all means, take it. It doesn't even work. Like I'm obsessed I don't you. know like what else yeah. you're going like, to do. They can't. No. The only- mine got canceled. And then I was like, yeah. my credit score took a major hit after okay. that. So Okay, so I have more to say on this. Um, Mm -hmm. But basically, yeah, they can't do anything. And the only thing they do is threaten to garnish your wages. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, I left the corporate world, bitch. Come find me. What are you going to do? Like, I get cash for dog sitting. Like, you can't fucking garnish my wages. Like, you don't even know what I'm doing. So, period. Um, But, yeah, I just, when when I got fired from my job, all of my priorities were like, my my life is now life or death because I just lost my income mm-hmm. and I just like stopped paying ever like I'm like if it's not my rent I'm not paying it yeah. so I stopped paying my student loans I only owed like literally 700 to one place and 2000 to another which is not a lot mm-hmm. I had owed 46,000 and I spent a decade paying it off mm-hmm. um but yeah when I lost my job I stopped paying my student loans I stopped paying on that $20,000 credit card and uh that's it. And I just, and I said, I said, I don't, I don't plan to buy a house anytime soon. I don't plan to move and I don't plan to get an auto loan. So let my credit score plummet. I don't care because Mm -hmm. I also feel that credit scores are just another system of trying to manipulate us into fear and all this shit. I'm like, bitch, who needs a fucking credit score? Like I, I just like rejected that entire system when I left corporate America too. I'm like, fuck a credit score. I don't care. I'll do shit in cash and fuck it. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, we'll go to reader mail now. And cool. We'll save some of these for the bonus episode. Okay, perfect. That sounds good. Um, here's a, an interesting one. Sure. This uh, it says, "Was this friendship really a nightmare, or am I just being a drama queen?" Hi, Lara and lovely guest. A year ago, I quote broke up with one of my best friends, who I'll call Judy. We'd been best friends for seven years, starting with the first week of college. A lot of the times we had together were wonderful, and I've never had such a close bond. But Mm -hmm. there was a dynamic in place that steadily became worse and worse, especially after we moved in together three years ago. Mm. She had her boyfriend, quote, secretly move in at one point, which was obvious since we lived in a railroad apartment and they had to go through my room to get (laughs) to hers. And they were a terrible couple to live with. She didn't respect my boundaries on many occasions. It got to the point where I was so anxious and upset that it affected me constantly. One positive is that the nightmare living situation bonded our other roommate and me, and we're now close friends who continue to live together. I know there have been times when it, when I was not easy to be friends with my natural resting state has always been depressed and anxious. And I used to be much more melodramatic and messy. I've gotten a lot of help through therapy and medication and have been stable and even happy for a few years. I'm proud of how far I've come. Every few months when things got really bad with me and Judy, we would have serious conversations slash confrontations. She'd listen, apologize, and then we'd be back into the same pattern. I'm not proud of how I acted either. I regressed into passive aggressive with a martyr complex, rolling Mm. my eyes, seeing myself as a total victim of the situation. I also have a tendency to over extend myself emotionally it became a situation where i felt she took advantage of me but i also let her and in many ways encouraged it she's told me that she quote doesn't do anything unless she benefits from it unquote which stuck in my head my old therapist described it as an empath narcissist relationship i've since switched therapist because he also told me i could be a cult leader and told me to listen to joe rogan but anyways Mm, okay 
Judy and I both have trouble letting go of past wrongs and would lord them over each other's heads. Five years ago, I got blackout drunk and ended up sleeping with the guy she had a huge crush on. Looking Mm. back, it was definitely at least a gray area in terms of consent. And she always cited forgiving me for that as a reason I should be easier on her. Another time when I was in a really dark place, I told her I felt suicidal and she said she was busy because she wanted to spend time with her new boyfriend. I'm not proud that I would bring that up to make her feel guilty in our arguments as well. Okay. I've always been... It goes on. Okay, no, no. Okay. I've always been more understanding with her because she had a really tough upbringing that seriously affected how she acts and views the world. I finally got the courage to cut off the friendship last summer when she was staying with me a year after she moved out and things got bad again. Among other things, she told a bunch of people at a party that I use anal sex as a reward for when men are (laughs) well-behaved. That's a great reward to you. Yeah, I fucking love this chick. Fuck Judy, but keep going. And she called one of my friends a Jew boy. (laughs) She's always (laughs) joked about being anti-Semitic. Okay, well, I finally saw that maybe I was acting as a crutch for her, excusing her behavior, giving her someone to lean on to both of our detriment. The thing is, this happened a few months after her grandfather and her dad both died and her boyfriend just broke had just broken up with her. I feel really guilty that I wasn't there for her and that I chose myself over caring for her. Even though, even after I told her that I needed space and couldn't be friends with her, she didn't get it and constantly messaged me on social media, liked and commented on my posts and texted me. Finally blocked because every notification gave me a spike of anxiety and guilt. Mm. The thing is, Judy is a really charming, charismatic person who's fun to be around socially. Judy's a narcissist. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Most of our other friends from college moved to another city, so they didn't see the way our friendship devolved and only saw the fun side of her. I felt crazy trying to explain the situation. It seemed like friends didn't believe me or thought I was exaggerating slash being dramatic. My friends who live in our city and saw everything that happened said that I made the right choice ending the friendship. But a year later, some of them had said they think I'll be friends with her again and are wondering when I'll be able to get over it and repair our friendship. I've seen her a few times at parties where I'm polite but visibly uncomfortable. She's pulled me aside to try and talk and say she loves and misses me, but I end up getting upset, teary, and unable to express myself. She says she's in therapy and working on herself, but because we've gone through this so many times before, I have trouble believing that she's changed. I'm worried that if we reconnect, I'll regress and become a worse version of myself, too. At the same time, I really do miss her, and I hope she's doing better. I guess what I'm asking for is a dose of reality. Am I being dramatic or ridiculous? Am I? Is this the kind of friendship worth repairing or returning to? Did I make the right choice? Can people change? Sorry for the very long letter. I appreciate any advice you can give me. Oh, girl, I got advice. (laughs) I think you're doing the right thing, and I think you need to cut off contact further and just like stay far away and work on in therapy. Amen. Why you're drawn to this relationship couldn't agree more very very simply said um it sounds wildly unhealthy now i'm not judging you you don't that's not that's everybody has wildly unhealthy dynamics but you got to stop like like that that it's uh, you asked for a dose of reality like you know i'm like a gary v like i'll get fucking real with people especially because she's like tell me am i being dramatic am i being ridiculous you clearly are prepared to hear um and yeah, like there's there's clearly some pain and and there's a wound there that like you said it is making you so drawn to Judy, but like the sheer fact like look at the length of your letter, look at how much there is to say, like constant drama. Like there's this, there's that, and then there's a year ago at a party she said this and then the anal sex and there's just like a friendship is not supposed to have that many 
anecdotes of drama and what'd you say ups and downs ups and downs like a roller coaster which probably is part of why it feels so exciting to be friends with this person but at the same time is like the biggest i think the biggest way to gauge if you're in a healthy friendship is like to really ask yourself honestly how do i feel when i'm around this person do i feel like a bad version of myself do i feel insecure do i feel less than do i feel angry do i resent them amen and if you're checking all those boxes you shouldn't hang out with that person anymore literally you said that you get a spike of anxiety when Judy likes your photos on Instagram. Judy is toxic for you. And I agree. It may not be easy. It's like a fucking romantic breakup, right? Yeah. You're going to have to get support in therapy to heal. But this girl does nothing good for you. Mm-hmm. Like you, this, it is time to cut the Judy cord, sister. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard because I feel like friendship breakups are something that I think a lot of people go through. Oh, I've been through one. Yeah. I think that a lot of the times, like I've been through friendship breakups and I feel it's felt very lonely and shameful sometimes because I think that there's this, yes, our, I've have felt the misconception that like, if you're someone that has friendship breakups, there's something wrong with an you. Instable person. There's something very wrong with you that you yes. can't keep a friend around or yes. like blah, blah, blah. And so it feels like really shameful. It's like, Oh my God, I'm here again. Like what's wrong with oh me? Oh my God, I love you. And I don't think that that's true. It's I not. think that those relationships are just as important as a romantic relationship. And sometimes if you're repeating a pattern of yes. being drawn to like the wrong people over and over, you're going to have friendship breakups. And that's something that a lot of people go through. That's like not talked about enough. I could not possibly agree more and feel like a deep connection to you right now in saying that because Especially if you've had a narc parent. I had a mom who constantly made me think there was something wrong with me and constantly made me think that if I ever had a friend, I was the lucky one because I'm so difficult to put up with. So mm-hmm. like I I approached friendships for so long, like I was the tap dancing jester monkey that was like keeping the friend and if anyone dropped anyone it would be them dropping me my mom used a lot of language like oh sarah didn't drop you did she and i'd be like why am i droppable you know like yeah. I-, I had a parent sort or of even like, like putting that seed in your head of like yes. is someone gonna drop me would yes. she drop me total insecurity yeah total insecurity right but um my therapist and like a lot of the most conscious friends i've known say that If you're a person who's elevating in your life, you're actually probably going to have quite a few friendship losses. They may not be dramatic breakups, but if you are a person who works on yourself, grows and goes to therapy, you're going to leave people behind because you're healing and they're not Mm -hmm. right. If someone isn't healing at the same rate that you are in the world, you're going to get to a place where you realize, oh, I was drawn to this friend when I was a little less healthy and now I'm healthier and our dynamic isn't working anymore. Right. And so I think a lot of times as women, we internalize that if a friendship is ending, it means there's something wrong with us, but sometimes it means there's something right with us yeah. and that we're actually just becoming more awake and conscious to, to something like she articulated like, Oh, I was I was attracting a friend that like we had the dynamic where I was kind of the one down and they they were kind of like 
acting like I'm their pet. Mm -hmm. And then you get healthier and you're like, wait, I'm not anybody's pet. I don't want to be in a friendship where I'm the pet. Yeah. And then you kind of realize that that's not working, but you still question if that means that there's something wrong with you. Am I making sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that also is interesting, like tying back to like a Caroline Calloway conversation, like what all is happening with like the Natalie. The Natalie. Which... Dude. I have conflicted feelings about okay. like I see from both I see it from both sides. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's like obviously it would it's a traumatic thing to go through it a is. period of your life where you're like fucked up and you're being like fucked up and hurting people yeah. and you yeah. feel really guilty and bad about that and yeah. then you still have a lot of love for this person. Yeah. And like yeah. You want to express that somehow. Yeah. But on the other side, I'm like, yeah. damn, bitch, like, let this girl live and, like, write her thing. <laughs> right. Like, I know what you mean. She I know. She doesn't t- want you to be, uh, yeah. like, blowing up her spot like this, even though I it know. probably will get her more clicks because now yeah. everyone's, like, Everyone. chomping at the bit. But it's also, I, like, I know. are you making her moment your, your moment? moment? Yeah. I, and, like, I know. where's the line? Where the Where is the line? Um, yeah. But also, it's like, it's, I, it's, interesting to see someone deal with that in real time oh i mean it's really scary to have someone use their voice to talk about you because you're like yeah i don't have control of that narrative Mm -hmm. like if someone just thinks that i'm a mess and they're gonna come out with an expose like alina gonzalez the it's like oh fuck that's so scary right but and you want to get ahead of it and be like i'm sorry i know i'm the worst and like like, i get it trust me i understand but i but i totally get it too you're i mean i don't know there we're not it's like it's multifaceted it's not like it's not just like god like shut up like it's it's way more interesting and juicy than that very very nuanced yeah i mean i i it is kind of like um oh shit now you've like put us all on watch we're all waiting for the natalie story like i I don't know i'm dying for the natalie story i know i I went to the cut i wish that i could get i need to like actually set a google alert so that when (laughs) it comes out like it's straight to my inbox so that i can read whatever the fuck natalie has to say like i'm dead for it my friend jolie who's actually do you know becoming jolie She's that another hated familiar. one. Okay. She's a, she, yeah, people hate. I think her I saw too. her like name mentioned on like and, a Reddit thing. Okay, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people hate her too. Um, but I like her, and um, <laughs> she. We've been texting about it, and she texted me like, and is just like, "When the fuck is the Natalie article gonna come out?" I'm I need like, it. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. We deserve yeah. this. We like, deserve give this. it to us. Come now. on. Natalie. I hope that it's on Monday. Like, oh my god, I can't wait. A- I'm adding it to like my reasons to live list because I'm <laughs> right. like I won't end it until this Natalie. <laughs> right. Get through the weekend. Yeah, got through the weekend. We all have something yeah. to, live to live for, for. Yeah. at least until the Natalie thing is out. And then we'll Amen. just reassess and reevaluate. Yes. Amen. But yeah, stay yeah. away from this friend. Uh, yeah, stay away from this friend. Judy, and, Judy is all kinds of damage, dude. And that's fine. We love damaged people, but you cannot keep compromising. I mean, you've it's not doing good for you. No, it's not doing good. It's for you. It's not doing good for you. And no. maybe there will be a day where you can yeah. re-enter this friendship on totally different neutral terms, neutral terms. Yeah, yeah. Or just have it be like, you guys are friendly with each other and chill. Yeah. But like, you're yeah. not as close as you were and that's fine. You don't feel like a loss yeah. for that. Yeah. But like, yeah, that ain't now. Amen. And right now it's like, if it's making you feel this bad, it's like, 
it's making you feel stressed enough to write this response. Like, no friendship should make you feel uneasy. A friendship shouldn't make you feel uneasy. Mm -mm. It's not, you know, I, when I was less healthy, when I had more healing and growth to do, I had some friendships like that. And now I'm just like, every single friend makes me feel nothing but loved, happy, accepted, and free to be my max self. Yeah. That's how every friendship should be, you know? And and you got to elevate and cut the people out that aren't like contributing to that cause. Like people should love you and accept you and, if your friend makes you feel anxious, if them liking your goddamn Instagram photo gives you a spike of anxiety, like that bitch is not good for you. Yeah. It's time to block. Time to block. Time to block. Spiritually, physically, yes. energetically. Phonely, energetically. Yes. Block that. Go to goop.com. Go to, get some mm. psychic vampire repellent. Yes, 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 yes. It's yes, like $30 oh. well spent. Oh, Spray perfect. it all around oh, yourself. And oh, then, Goop is selling psychic vampire repellent? Yeah. Oh, you better believe I Got bought it. some. Oh, okay. Sick. Sick. Yeah. Can I use It's some? in the bathroom Okay, great. I'll use, use yeah, it. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go up and spray some. Also, I'm <laughs> laughing because you seem like a person who literally does not give a fuck, which I love. And like my ass has been like grinding on your couch this entire That's time fine. Yeah. i was like if you're comfortable yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable oh you saw how much i'm like i'm like this is me getting i was con- like alina's skirt has ridden up she's ridden in up. her underwear I'm- just like <laughs> flinging legs about but i was like hey if that's how she feels like expressing herself yes. who am i to oh my god thank you i'm like you do you and that's a testament to you because that's how you make me feel okay like i'm just like skirt has ridden up yeah thong is on the couch you're like, comfy yeah it's all yeah. good my haters and trolls are like can you imagine Imagine like if her ass was riding on my couch, I'd get that shit infected or disinfected. That's how they think. I'm like your ass on the couch is the least right. of my worries. Right. There's a lot of dog hair. I'm like if you feel comfortable with like where like Tony has laid, yeah, then Wait, we're good. Can we take one more moment to appreciate the anal sex part of that comment? Because yeah, was also hilarious. that's a great reward system Agreed. for Agreed. if a man is treating you right yes. and you're into anal, yes. save it for like it is the ultimate reward. I There's had nothing wrong with that never had anal sex until my last boyfriend and he did respect me and I gave him that prize and I'll never do it again and it was a disaster did you not like it um I have major like hemorrhoid anal issues okay. and it was the worst decision of my life yeah that was not conducive I to like a delightful anal excruciating journey. pain I was bleeding it was a fucking disaster okay yeah yeah so I would so, maybe so say bad. like <laughs> definitely if you're ever having one of those issues yeah. is not the time to no. engage in anal play no and see, here's but when the thing. those issues are not well active but guess what D- i'm taking your podcast to hemorrhoid talk there's something about it that feels revolutionary because like women don't want to talk about this stuff but yeah oh, i've talked about i had to oh, get great. like a, a i had a to get hemorrhoid no not no, a what? prolapsed hemorrhoid i had to get a fistula oh. like a fistulotomy this oh year my God, oh my God. and i've talked about it a lot oh. on the podcast oh, i basically great. like had okay. to have like oh. anal plastic surgery <laughs> But now I'm like, my butthole's better oh. than ever. Oh. But it wasn't due to any sort of anal sex thing. Uh-huh. Not that that would be a bad no, thing. But it, it just be. was like, not my story. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm all about like, oh, okay. ass so, talk and educating. So let's do another pod because I've got um, an anal hemorrhage slash hemorrhoid surgery colorectal. I've got a whole story. Wow. So we'll Maybe we'll that. do like a bonus episode yeah, about bonus. this. Um, yeah. We're finding out that we have so much in common. I'm, yeah, a lot. Don't you love that? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being my guest today. You are so welcome. I really appreciate you taking the time. It was 
an absolute pleasure. Yeah, the pleasure was all mine. Tell the readers where they can find you. Okay, sure. Um, you can find me on my Instagram at the hyperbolist lives. That is a nod to the fact that my original Instagram account, the hyperbolist, was deleted by Instagram. So I had to relaunch as the hyperbolist lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, resurrected from back from the dead. It's also I'm 33 this year, so it's my Jesus year. It's Jesus. I've year. ascended and risen. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. And um, I also have a Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash the hyperbolist love it yeah. uh i too have a patreon we're gonna record a bonus episode now awesome for the low low price of five dollars a month you can get access to this bonus episode and love more it. so head over to patreon.com slash babe podcast awesome. to get the goods and uh yeah that's babe, all i got this was amazing this was so fun Thank on you. to the bonus okay great love and light A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.